It's another Sunday night and another month in comedy. And tonight we're checking in with comics from coast to coast who are finding the funny in these uncertain times. It's the Comedy Roundup. I'm Dean Young, and we're about to go Inside the Joke. Hit me with the horn, 20! Keep making noise! Keep making noise! Yeah! Welcome to Inside Jokes on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Welcome back to another all-new Inside Jokes right here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. And of course, coast to coast, Canada-wide, in fact, planet Earth-wide, if you have the internets, I hope you do, because no one can leave their house still, regardless of where you live. You can listen to us online on Global News Radio. We, of course, have our producer, Vince Tedesco, on the line. How you doing, buddy? Doing all right, doing all right. Another week, another... <laughs> pandemic locked whatever what are you gonna, what are you gonna say now what, what can we say it is we've been literally doing this for almost a year now asking comics all over i think all over the planet at this point just what are you doing during covid what are you up to what's keeping you laughing how are you staying busy and or sane uh but every month and this is actually this is our first one of 2021 every month of course we wrap up the month with the comedy roundup we get a full panel of comics on the show with us together just like we used to do, Vince, in the good old days where we were it physically in person in a radio studio. Yeah, weren't those great to be in a studio with like mics and 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 people and around, you, you know, like things and objects. Now I'm just stuck to you, like I'm watching this stupid thing. That's right. But one, I think, Vince, and and of course our our panel today has lots to say about this. But I think one thing we've learned this past season, Vince, is Canadian comics, especially, are nothing if not resilient. No matter what's going on, they always are pumping out new content, new projects. And actually, we were talking about this last week. Canadian comics kind of took over the industry this year. It wasn't the big festivals and the sort of gatekeepers and networks and all that keeping things afloat. It was comics starting their yeah. own stuff from home and, and building their own audiences. That's who's really running the show right now. So we'll get into that with our panel. And also, Vince, I think we should point out to our listeners... We are almost an entire year of quarantine at this point, an entire season of radio, and we are just now figuring out how to do this show on Zoom. We're catching yes, up. Yes, this is a, we're coming to you on Zoom. Yes, we're still on radio, so it's an yeah. audio version, but follow us online. You'll see us all kind of the clips of the show all from Zoom. What a concept. You know, like three more COVIDs from now, we'll figure out TikTok too, maybe. I don't know. It's on the list. All right, without further ado, because nobody wants to hear just me and Vince talk all day. They hear that every week. We'll, we'll introduce our comedy roundup for this month, our panel. We're going coast to coast on this one, Vince. We're yeah. here, in, here in Toronto, of course, one of our favorites. We're going out to Alberta. We're going out to Vancouver. We're going to hear what people are working on across the country. Here is our panel. We have actually a friend of the show who joined us this summer during the never-ending pandemic. We have Spencer Stryker out in Alberta. How you doing, man? I am doing fantastic. Uh, yeah, nothing has changed since last time I talked to you, except uh, now it's on video, so I had to wear pants. Uh, that yeah, was yeah. the only only difference between now and last April. So it is true. I I almost I hate to say it, knock on wood, but I part of me is like, do I, do I want to go back to the studio ever? It's so nice waking up twenty minutes before being on the air and being fifty feet away from where I do that. It's wonderful. Yeah, I, I, I've, I've kind of felt that way throughout the whole year. Everything's been better being stuck at home and also worse. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
exactly. We well, well, we try not to get too much into gloom and doom this past year on the show, but it's inevitable. We get sucked <laughs> into the black sewer of what it just is happening all around us right now. Anyways, here in Toronto, we, of course, have another friend of the show who hasn't joined us, I want to say, maybe like two seasons or just about, certainly pre-COVID times, simpler yeah. times. We have Natalie Norman. How are you doing? Uh, I'm okay. <laughs> 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 I'm okay. Um, listen, I'm a hermit, so, like, I've been really thriving. Yeah. Uh, we did try to do one, but on Tuesdays, I usually do have therapy, so, ooh. <laughs> but therapy's now later in the day, so no worries, and, uh. Yeah, you know, it's just uh, a single gal here in the middle of a situationship, so I'm not having it this week, but, <laughs> you I know? Like that's, and, it, and it really changes depending on what city we're talking to comics in. Like, New York and L.A., things get a little bit extra, but I think the best reaction we get from people this past season is like, you know what? I'm okay. <laughs> and that's well, really it. I, I got it got a little concerning and um, I'll just quickly tell you this is that two co two other comics called me and they're like separately and they're like oh we're concerned how much you're enjoying the pandemic <laughs> <laughs> they're like you hate people and this is the best thing you've ever done it is kind of and and uh, and we'll go to our third panel member here in a second but it is true I mean I'm in my <clears throat> mid to late 30s now and if if this wasn't happening I would be basically trying to figure out ways to get out of plans with my friends anyways. That's what I'd be doing. So for an entire 10 months now, that's been done for me. It's great. The only thing I have to do is figure out how to like Irish exit from a Zoom party. And those are awkward. <laughs> you just close the top. Yeah, it's, it's great because those are awkward and horrible. And we're going out to Vancouver next as well. We have Mike Delamont on the show who actually has never joined us before. So that's exciting here on the Roundup. How are you doing, Mike? I'm good. Thanks for having me. I appreciate being here. It's exciting. Well, here's what I love is no matter, and I find with Canadian, honestly, with Canadian comics, especially is no matter who we seem to talk to during all this across the country, comics are finding out ways to just use this sort of forced downtime to pump out these completely brand new, never before done kind of projects. So the one thing I want to sort of touch on with you guys first is is podcasting. You, of course, you, Mike, have a very interesting one. The Florida, like, yep. duh? V-U-H, yep. I mean, yeah, the state of Florida is definitely ripe for content, I would say. It, 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 it's like a, it's like a never-ending fountain of news stories. And uh, it, it never disappoints. And sometimes I see news stories, like people send them to me all the time now. Uh, but sometimes I see them and I'm like, just the, like the headline, I'm so excited. And when it's like New York or <laughs> Michigan, I'm like, oh, come on. Like, it's yeah. so, oh, like it's so like way too excited. So yeah, it's, it's been, I've been, I've been doing the show live for five years. Uh, so to be able to <laughs> sit at home and, and put it on a podcast is, is cool. I miss the audience because, Florida audiences are like the first to laugh at themselves yeah. uh, and pretty aggressive about it. So it's been, uh, it's, but I, I love it. It's, it's such a, a cool place. So it's fun to share the stories about it. So here's what I want to ask you guys to start with. I feel like, are we in sort of another golden age of the podcast again? It feels like there's a resurgence now. I don't think we've ever reached the golden age. <laughs> 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 I, I just think it's um, like, especially in Canada, uh, advertisers are just slowly understanding the benefit of people having podcasts and how it, you know, for them. So 
I think for us, we're still really behind and there's so more, so many places to go. Like the listenership in Canada is still not as high as it is in the U S or maybe in the UK. And I think there's so much places to go. And I mean, I think you're actually getting so many more podcasts right now, but so much more crap. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and I mean, Natalie, I mean, you've been at this a long time as well. I mean, when you and you and Jess were doing the Crimson Wave podcast, I mean, I remember it was back when we had the Talk Hole Network here in Toronto, and it was always a struggle to figure out how to get advertisers to understand how this works and sort of monetize all that. You built a mass following with that show early on. A lot of people, it's it's a tricky thing to do. And I feel like right now the framework is kind of there because you do have this whole audience that's just stuck at home in need of content. You have this literally a captive audience. <laughs> I mean, sure, they're captive, but you're also competing with like TV. You're also competing with like crafts and hobbies and exercise and depression. So it's, <laughs> yeah, yes, it's like, it's just like a whole, it's honestly, the market's always changing. And I mean, I think inevitably you always have to find ways to like, you know, keep up with whatever technology is. And like TikTok is like, I'm 34 and I still really don't understand what a TikTok is. I don't know if the other comedians seem to be in my age range understand what the f- TikTok is. And I'm trying to see like, how does this work for promoting a podcast? And I'm like slowly figuring it out. But like, you know, I do have an audience, but it's still like, you know, you still have to have a concrete idea. You still have to have your own voice. You still have to know how to promote things. It's, it's not easier and it's not, and you're competing with more. It is true. You definitely, <laughs> you have, you definitely have, yeah, there's this sort of ocean of content out there. So you're trying to make your stuff stand out. I think the strength of podcasting, I think the unique beauty of podcasting is that you can make it as niche as possible. Like you can do a show that is about such a one specific thing. You will find that audience. They will find their way to you. It's this podcast is specifically about playing horseshoes in Midwestern Ohio. And people will be like, that's <laughs> my thing. I can't believe somebody's doing that. I hope that's not an actual one, but it, you could be so specific and so niche with it. And I think too, Natalie, I mean, the reason why, you know, we're calling this sort of, generation TikTok right now. I think the reason why that became such a thing during all this is because we're stuck in this 24 hour news cycle and we're constantly having content thrown at us, especially right now. Our attention spans as a society are so short now. Listen, I <laughs> I got diagnosed with ADD like a month or two months ago. I have no attention span. Like I'm, my phone is in my hand. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> it's like I know what I'm doing right after this and I know you know so I I guess I understand that part but it's just like it's just podcasts are interesting because it does give us our own voice especially during now I don't like necessarily doing zoom shows I'll do them if you're gonna pay me and I mean I imagine the other comedians like feel the same way it's not the same thing so at least with podcasting we get to have some semblance of control and like make our comedy come alive in the way it comes alive the best for us in this weird time. Uh, and yeah, I, I hope that all of our podcasts will get a ton of listenership because we deserve it. There you go. And because you're on terrestrial Canadian radio, which I mean, boy, <laughs> do, do we have a mass following Spencer, by the way, has a very interesting project I want to get into after the break. We're going to come back with more of our comedy roundup for January, 2021, right here on inside jokes.
Hi, this is John Oakley. Just thought I'd stick around in the studio for inside jokes to die for. Right here at 640. Why men great till they gotta be great? Don't text me and tell it straight to my face. Best friend set me down in the salon chair. Shampoo, press, get you Welcome back to Inside Jokes. Right here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Brought to you, of course, by our good friends at Hakeem Optical. All right, we have our comedy roundup. We have our panel. We have Mike out in Vancouver. We have Natalie here in Toronto. And out in Alberta, we have our most recent COVID friend, Spencer, who, by the way, we were talking before the break. So you have a documentary about a specific open mic, a specific room. Yeah, so uh, I had this idea to do a documentary about Comedy Monday Night uh, at Broken City. And James Moore, the guy who has run it for 15 years, um, because before he started doing that open mic there wasn't really a comedy scene in calgary um and so he he kind of just built the whole scene out of out of very little and he invested his own money into the show and james had started comedy way later in life so he was uh when he started he was experiencing a ton of you know discrimination because of his age like the only club in town at the time was yuck yucks and they were like ah you're good enough for the for the pro am and that's it uh, so he he wanted to have a space for everybody to have a stage and so I had originally thought it'd be a cool doc to pitch to uh, out out uh, west here we have tell a story hive which is uh, like an independent film funding resource um, yeah. and they were doing a they were doing an addition on uh, local heroes and so I, I figured I would pitch it and as somebody who ran a film festival during the pandemic I can tell you I thought nobody would want to see a bunch of documentaries about like first responders or like, you know, people that are working as grocery store, you know, attendants. Uh, but that was all of the documentaries that ended up getting funded. So I, I, I figured I might as well do this myself and, and uh, try and crowdfund it and apply for other grants. So that's uh, that's where I'm at right now. And um, I have a really, really good team on board that's interested in uh, in making this story, too, because there's so much about the history of the show that is just insane. Like James has kept 80,000 archived photos dating all the way back to 2005 when he started the show. Wow. So there's so much information to go through. And just even like the amount of people who started in that room, but also the amount of just crazy celebrities that have just dropped in to do spots like Zach Galifianakis has dropped in there uh Hannibal Burris like there was a really really big incident where Hannibal Burris dropped in and bumped the headliner and the headliner had no idea who Hannibal Burris was I don't know how <laughs> and they freaked out went online said they've never been so disrespected and they can't believe that this would happen and it was one of the funniest meltdowns ever to watch because this is like 2017 when this happened. So like Hannibal Burris is at like what? peak Hannibal Burris. Yeah. Like everybody knows who Hannibal Burris is. He gets a standing ovation for his 45 minutes that he just drops in and does. And like, uh, yeah, so there's just been like these insane events that have happened at this show that I, 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 I knew that it was, it was worthy of a documentary for sure. Um, and, and on top of that, James himself he started out in commercial real estate so yeah. there's buildings in calgary that he actually had a hand in building like the bankers hall buildings uh he actually helped get those developed which is crazy one well, i think it's also a worthwhile time capsule in a way because i think one of the sad 
things that's going to be the end result of all this. I mean, yes, live comedy is going to come back at some point. We kind of don't know when and all that, but at some point the clubs are going to reopen and the festivals will go live again. And there might be a hybrid of that and, you know, digital streaming and all the stuff we've seen happen this year. But I think one of the sad realities is we probably are never going to go back to that era we were in before all this, where cities like Toronto and Vancouver and Montreal and Calgary had these sort of heritage rooms, these cult rooms that people started that lasted years. And that, you know, when you're coming up and you're cutting your teeth in stand-up, you look at places like Empress out in, out in, out in Edmonton or, or here in Toronto, you know, Joanna Downey's Spirits or Texas Comedy Massacre, whatever the case was, there's these rooms that were always there for years where you'd go, you'd be starting out and you'd go, oh man, once I could get booked on that show, then I'm, then I'm on my way. I think we're not, I, I don't know. I can't see us really returning to that again. We will, you know, the clubs that survived will open and things will come back, but we're never going to really be in that era again. I don't think, what do you guys think? I mean, I don't think we'll see that quite that return. I mean, in Toronto, as everyone knows, like um, so much has closed down and me personally at a loss right now, I've lost my Tuesday night show because the bar closed down. That was a four year room. Yeah. And it was a, like I worked very hard. It was a good room. And then I lost my other room where I do shows at the Ossington. So now, and I, another and I, hangout spot here for comics for sure. Like, right. And now, and I'm like very lucky cause I produce so much. So I still have comedy bar, <laughs> but like, I'm like, okay, well, I guess there goes all the places I could work on my new stuff. And like all the places I can grow friendships and build, you know, an audience. So, I mean, and I feel for, I heard about Empress and that was like, as someone who's always wanted to do Empress, yeah, that was like really hard because I was like, well, I guess there goes that dream. <laughs> but And Empress was fantastic, by the way, shout out to them. Cause it was like, you'd go there and it's like a Sunday night and it's like, what? There's a hundred people in a bar on a Sunday night to not only on purpose watch comedy, but they're going to pay you to say things into a microphone on a Sunday to willing people. It's so rare. Mike, for yourself out in Vancouver, I mean, what do you where, what do you think some of those rooms will look like after all this? I think I think they come back. I think people want to perform really badly, and and you know, rooms grow because the comics that can't get on one room start another, and so I th I think it just yeah. it's a natural progression, and the ones that aren't really great kind of fall off the wayside, and you can't predict. Oh, that one in the back room of that restaurant is going to be a huge hit, or you know, so it's. Uh, they grow so organically and fall away so organically you can't really predict it and sometimes the weirdest rooms are the best rooms uh Absolutely. so anybody that's like oh that would be a great place to put 150 people it, you'd never think of that so it's I, I think it just comes and goes and it'll be there you just need that one person that's like oh yeah i'm gonna stick with this for a decade to make sure that it all happens so i think those people are rare but the rooms aren't uh, so that's the, that's the crux. Like, like I, I did spirits and that was one of my first rooms that I ever did. And I had such a great time and it, that doesn't exist if you just, if there isn't one person really pushing it. So it's, uh, yeah, I think it's more the people than the, the, the rooms, but it's, uh, there's a lot of resiliency and people really want to get back. And the few shows that I've done in this pandemic, people really wanted to be there, which was <laughs> exciting and, and new people weren't just fine, let's go see a comedy show. They're like, let's go. So uh, right before the pandemic kind of shut everything down back in March, we were, uh, I have a, I do a one man show and we were about to do it in Toronto. So we had uh, four shows at the CAA theater with Mervish 
And we had conversations multiple times a day about, okay, this thing is coming. I get, we don't know. We didn't really know what it was. And so Mervis has changed their policies for um, uh, refunds. So they said, you're not forced to, if you, if you want to walk away, cause they still had Hamilton. And uh, so they're like, if you want to leave, you can leave. We'll refund your tickets. No worries at all. They let everybody know. And so they thought, well, we'll see what the reaction is to that for my show, which we were almost sold out for all four shows, less than 20 people wanted their money back. Wow. Uh, so, so everybody else with the loom of this pandemic coming was still like, well, let's go see a show. So I feel like that was there before this. And now it's just even greater. I think people are, are so wanting to get out now. I think, and so. I think, I oh, think yeah, too, sorry. like uh, with that, like, there's because there's been so many rooms that have just shut down in during all of this i think that there's going to be just as many that pop up right away because of that need for for entertainment there's going to be so many people that just start a room for the sake of having stage time and it might end up taking off right uh absolutely by the way how much and we'll go to break shortly but i'm curious how much the three of you dipped your toes into some of these the, the Zoom shows, I know Natalie mentioned earlier, some of these online formats that popped up, which some worked out great. Some sort of found their own niche and found a way to play with that medium and make it its own thing. Some terribly uncomfortable. We've talked to comics all over the place. So I'm curious what you guys have experienced in doing some of this stuff. For me, I mean, I just, I'll do a Zoom show. Like I said, if I'm being paid, this is where, like, this is the point I'm at right now. In general, like, you know, comedy feels very different for me when I'm coming back to whatever it's going to be. Um, I just feel like, uh, you know, I don't, I'm at the point where I don't need to do shows just to do shows. I don't, yeah. it doesn't reward me or help me grow anymore. Um, so, and I think Zoom shows do have merit. I do think, um, you know, and I know a lot of people, I've heard comics in the States are making like 1200 a Zoom show, like, you know, there's like, there is a market and I think that's really important. Corporate comedy is still existing. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I think there is a benefit to it. And like, I'm doing like some storytelling shows. However, comedy for me is always going to be tied to an intimate audience. Yeah. Big or small, but, and I'm not getting that from Zoom. So I think it is a format that can work. It just has to be really tweaked into something really unique for at least me as a viewer to be interested you're riding that energy and that is that specific moment and that specific show and that specific crowd. And that's it. You can't really manufacture that without that at all. Yeah. The key is the key is um, to find one person who like have a conversation with you and like laugh really loud. So you feel like you get it a little <laughs> and like I forced Noor Hadidi into this situation. Yeah. FaceTime every day and she like laughs really loud and then like you know whenever the person I'm like sleeping with comes over I like <laughs> <laughs> I like pin him down and tell him it's oh, all yeah. it's all consensual and he was like you, know, you don't have to tell. He's like you know you don't have to tell you jokes and I'm like I have to tell you a joke now <laughs> yeah because if we've all learned anything over the years it's that people love nothing more than a surprise stand-up show they didn't know was going to happen Especially when they're naked. <laughs> yeah, especially when they're, when they're naked. That's totally true. I mean, how about you, Spencer? Have you sort of 
it's interesting. Everybody has had, I mean, Jim Gaffigan was on earlier in the season. He was like, I did a couple of zooms. It was awful. <laughs> I, I literally, I did one. And the only reason I did it, like I'm in Natalie's same boat. Like if it's paid, I'll You're do it. And, people and, to listen to you jokes naked. Oh, I am too. I am doing that. Yeah. But the best part is my girlfriend is also a comic. So like, right, we yeah. have, I know that she won't laugh at me out of pity. So like my writing is getting so much better right now because I am like, I need to make her laugh at least four times a day. If we are stuck living together, there is no way that we will get through this unless she is laughing. So, so now I'm, now I'm like, now I'm really getting into uh, anti-patriarchy jokes and I'm getting good at those. Okay. Like I've, I've leveled my game. <laughs> How does that work? By the way, when you're quarantining with a fellow comic, I mean, quarantine for any relationship has been, Oh boy, has that been a test for a lot of people this year? But when you're quarantined with a fellow comic, are you guys bouncing jokes off each other or are you just like over that? No, we totally are, which is which is funny because like like the first part of the pandemic, we ran a film festival together. And that was right, like yeah. that was easy for us to to be like, okay, like we're throwing all of our energy into this, but it's not very creative. Like you're you're in a producer mindset. And now we're at a point where we're almost a year into it and we're almost a year into living with each other too. So uh, we're trying to keep things interesting and the only way to do that is to uh, like really make each other laugh and uh, and yeah it's it, it gets mean sometimes I'm not gonna lie because like <laughs> there's if there's one thing that I know it's that uh, for sure Siobhan is way more savage than I am in terms of in terms of like how dark she goes with jokes like I have a line but she plays a character so she's willing to just absolutely beat me into the dirt if the joke is there and uh so so i'm i'm, I'm again I'm, I'm finding these responses now for roast like i'm, I'm ready to go <laughs> it's good it's good to have that sort of comedy gym and that thing you can do until this all comes back whenever that is all right we're gonna come back with more of our comedy roundup more of our panel right here on inside jokes global news radio 640 toronto Hi, my name is Kira Williams, and you are listening to Inside Jokes on 640. I'm gonna shine up my boots. I'm gonna go into town. I'm gonna scrape up $20. I'm gonna throw it around. I'm gonna find me. And we're back! I just scared <laughs> the hell out of my cats. You're listening to Inside Jokes <laughs> right here on Global News <laughs> Radio, 640 Toronto. Brought to you by Hakeem Optical, helping you socially distance more clearly when you're in line with grills. <laughs> Welcome back to our comedy roundup. Welcome back to our panel. We are going coast to coast. We have Mike in Vancouver, Natalie here in Toronto, Spencer out in Alberta. I think bef so. before the break, we were talking about all the sort of bizarre formats that have popped up during the pandemic, live shows. And again, I... We've also talked to a large amount of comics too, to be fair, who have done a lot of these Zoom shows and live streams and stuff and loved it. I mean, we had Angelo Sarukas on very early in the pandemic. Remember when we were like lockdown one or two? Now we're in 15 or something. I don't know anymore. And he was like, I've been on the road for 20 plus years and doing clubs and all this. He's like, I never in a million th years thought I would do all this live stream stuff. And he's like, I love it. I have a completely different audience now that tunes in. So some people found ways to work with this. And then, yeah, like anything else, there's been a lot of very uncomfortable shows that 
popped up too. Uh, but you know what? Live comedy is like that too. We've all played awful towns and awful rooms. But Ange just sits on his balcony smoking a cigar, talking to nobody every day. Yeah. So the fact that he now holds his phone <laughs> talking to Frank and a few people, that's, that's his right. dream. Like, that's his dream. Like, <laughs> he was doing basically what he was already doing, and then now people are watching it. That's all. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's an interesting thing, though, because there is that sort of, you know, when you're getting ready to go on stage and you sort of get a sense of what the room is like and you're listening to the host and you're listening to the comic before you and you're like, oh, okay, I could kind of tell what this crowd is like and how I can work with this and all that stuff. There's that, I think there's that nervous energy that is so required. doesn't matter how long you've been at it or how comfortable you are. Yeah, I think you have to have a little bit of that nervous energy that like you want to go out and just grab that room by the neck. I think I think in live shows, whenever you don't have that, when you just kind of walk in and go, oh yeah, whatever, I got this. That's when things maybe can go south. I don't know. Do you guys find that doing this stuff from home and Natalie has her hand up on the on radio? <laughs> But doing this stuff from home, where I guess you're missing that ingredient, right, Natalie? Where you don't have that sort of—it's all of a sudden there's a camera and that's it. Listen, the one—the last show I did was on New Year's. Um, I set up a, like I have a lot of like tech stuff just in general. So like, I, and like I have like I make my own green screen. Like I make it all fancy and stuff because I'm I, I'm creative and I'm bored. Um, <laughs> and I have like a mic, fake mic plugged in and everything. And like for that because it was New Year's and like still had nervous energy and honestly the worst part like it was fine I had a good time they had the way they set it up was like better where you could hear them kind of laughing um however people could comment and I got like heckled (laughs) (laughs) and I guess they couldn't see that I could see the chat and it was like someone was like I guess she's pretty good for a new comic (laughs) comedy's hard and I was like no I'm not new (laughs) like this is this is a comedy like are you nuts? I'm like in my house by myself on New Year's. So like, I don't know. It's just like, yeah. So the nervous energy is still there because I'm worried about what these freaks are going to say inside the comments. Well, and there is that, like, it's this weird level of distraction where, you know, you could be in a room. And I mean, a lot of people think that when you do comedy, there's just like hecklers all the time and it's a regular part of the job. Not really. And most of the time, it's not like there's like these expert hecklers out there. It's usually just drunk people who think they're like, I'm part of the show. And then you have to dismantle that. But it's it's a whole other different level of distraction than, you know, you're in a room and a table's being loud and you kind of go after them and sort of deal with that situation versus... I'm at home on my MacBook and oh, now I'm watching emojis. Now I'm reading comments and I completely forgot (laughs) what I was talking about. I don't know if you remember, Natalie, actually in Toronto, one of our, and I think this is another thing that's not going to come back, is we used to have a whole scene back in the years of weed not being legal, pot rooms were a thing and there were pot room comics and that was a whole, there was like a million of those shows and Natalie's again... (laughs) rolling her eyes because some of those shows it was like the first 20 minutes of awakenings like you would i know that's an old reference but you would, <laughs> mike gets it there we go but you would walk into a room and it's like i know i'm not gonna get big laughs i know i'm not gonna get like an applause break it's like a jazz show people are just silently nodding and that's how you know you're winning over the the weed crowd but there was one natalie there was one expert heckler that every comic would try to go up against in toronto their name was Rudiger. It was at a place called Village Vapory. And this was like, this was the Moby Dick of hecklers. 
He wouldn't even look at the comics. He would sit at the bar and look into a mirror at the bar and do his heckling from there. So it was like some <laughs> trickery. <laughs> and every comic, comic Dom Perret wrote a blog about it. All these comics would go, I went there on purpose just to go up against Rudiger. And oh my God, did I ever die on stage tonight? Like he, that was an expert heckler. Do you guys I mean, think there's hecklers sitting at home right now going, I can't wait to get back out there, back in the game? <laughs> No, they're working they're on their typing. material. Yeah. yeah, they're they're just typing their comments now underneath like videos, which is even worse. It's more hurtful that way. I can't respond to that in real time. I just look, I just look like I lost. No, you can <laughs> listen, listen, Spencer. You can always respond. The trick is to create a fake account <laughs> <laughs> and go on and shit talk them and that way they don't know it's you and you yeah. got them and i've done this before on a blog to <laughs> article no big deal anyways <laughs> i, well, I did too is people at home are so much more cavalier about what they'll say because they don't they, they aren't looking at you they don't care i did a show in northern alberta i flew up and when the plane was coming down my ears got plugged i it had never happened to me before and i couldn't hear a single thing so I did, and then they lost my baggage. So I did a corporate show in jeans and a t-shirt and I literally couldn't hear the audience. I could see them laughing oh. and I was like, oh, this is a nightmare. And now that's just our life. That's <laughs> sitting in jeans and a t-shirt, hoping people are laughing in the dark. Comedy is maybe the only career in the world where everybody is sitting at home right now going, Oh man, my job is so terrifying and horrible sometimes. I can't wait to go do it again. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to come back with more of our roundup right here on Inside Jokes. Hi, this is Pat McDonald, and you're listening to Inside Jokes on 640. Welcome back to Inside Jokes, right here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. And if you don't live in Toronto, that's fine, because if you have the internet, you can listen from anywhere on Earth, where everything is the same and terrible. It is our comedy roundup. We have out in Alberta, Spencer on the line. We have here in Toronto, Natalie with us. And out in Vancouver, we have Mike. And before the break, we were just sort of breaking down weird gigs that popped up during COVID. And also, you know, it's not like it's not like weird formats and terrible shows only happened during the pandemic. There were lots of those before that. It's <laughs> it's part of the comedian's life cycle to begin with. Uh, before we go to what, what you guys have to plug and what projects you guys are working on, what's something you guys all miss? I mean, everybody just wants to be on stage, obviously, and be, wants to be in front of that crowd. What do you guys miss the most about it? A lot of comics we've talked to are like, I just miss seeing my friends and being at the place I like the most and having a beer with these people. What do you guys miss the most about just being out there? I miss nothing. <laughs> <laughs> it's something I'm working on in therapy about how I don't miss things. So. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... I think, honestly, the thing that I miss the most is when you think you have a great idea for something and then getting that humbling nothing response from an audience. Like when you really <laughs> are committed to a new bit and you get nothing and then you have to go back to the drawing board. I honestly miss that. I miss being humbled every every couple of days. 
Especially when you have that one bit where you're like, I know this is going to kill. I'm just going to keep on doing it until it lands. And it just never does. And you were wrong the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> I miss the travel. Like I, I spend like 200 days a year on the road and yeah. do like 120 shows. And so you get to like, oh, when I go to Winnipeg, I'm going to go to my favorite restaurant. When I, you know, when I go to Toronto, I'm going to, you know, go to Little Italy and, you know, like all the little places that you like to go to and people you like to see. I miss that. I miss being out and going somewhere. Last January, I was chatting with somebody. I did a show in Orlando, had to fly up to New York for a meeting and then go back to Orlando for a show. And I was like, you couldn't do that at all. You'd be like patient zero. Uh, yeah. So just the hustle and the bustle that sometimes happens with this job. I miss that. That's uh, that's the big gap. And you know what, Mike, that's how I can tell you truly love what you do, because I think in five and a half seasons of this show, you are the first person who has ever said on the air, you know what? I miss Winnipeg. I think we've never heard that before. <laughs> I don't think we've ever in the history of this show heard that before. Speaking of Orlando, by the way, so we'll start with you first. We want to find out where everybody can listen to and watch all the things you guys have been working on. You, of course, have the Florida podcast, which is, of course, the podcast version of the live show you've been doing. Uh, so where can people check this out? Anywhere you get a podcast. Uh, Google, Apple, Spotify, uh, Overcast, uh, everywhere. It's it's everywhere. And it's, it's fun. We're doing 10 episodes. We've had two come out so far. Uh, and we do one every uh, Wednesday. So we have 10 in this season. And then uh they're literally season two is on its way so it's it's coming florida's a never-ending <laughs> sieve of stories so yeah they're not gonna change and i love it we were talking earlier in the show about that's the beauty of podcasts that you can find these niche things and i love that you're tackling that topic uh mike thank you so much natalie norman where can people find you and listen to your things and watch your stuff well um if you want to date me or follow <laughs> my comedy you can i'm um, you can follow me at Stalking Natalie on all social media. Uh, my podcast is obviously on all platforms. Um, and then quickly, it's, it's called Red Flags with Natalie Norman. And the podcast is I Don't Notice People's Red Flags. Um, and <laughs> I invite comedians on to tell me what their red flags are in dating. And I released the first episode last week. I mean, a bunch of them are online. But the first half episode features Steph Tolev. And as you can imagine, it's insane and it's funny and highly recommend you listen because she's wise. Absolutely true. Natalie, thank you so much. And of course, we'll go out to Alberta with Spencer, who, by the way, Spencer, I mean, you've been doing fine this whole time. You did a, you launched a film festival. You have a documentary. You live with a comic. So you're like, what yeah. COVID? I, I have people find your thing. About. <laughs> life is good uh yeah so you can find me on instagram at spencer Strakert, and you can also find the documentaries instagram which is white mocha underscore film on instagram uh the crowdfunding campaign is live now we're excited to get filming that and talk to a bunch of comics and really dive into the history of uh of comedy monday night uh and if people want to check out my own comedy they can listen to my albums loser by choice or fart sniffer on uh, <laughs> apple music and spotify so <laughs> wonderful always good to end the show on fart sniffer that is our roundup Ooh. that is our panel thank you so much don't forget you can listen to all of our episodes from season one right back to the beginning on global news online that's our show we'll be back next week hi this is alicia carusi and you're listening to my aunt, Sandra Carusi's Comedy Rx. This week featuring Mike Delamont. I'm having a dynamo week. I, I got to fly a plane this week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't know how to fly a plane. But, but you can go to the airport. There's a school there. You can give them 100 bucks. 
and they give you like a real pilot and they put you in like a little like tic-tac box with wings and they take you up to the clouds. And then when you get to the clouds, he's like, you're the captain now. And I'm like, this is a terrible idea. And, but you go out to the airport and like, I thought I'd have to fill out a bunch of forms. It's just one form. And all they do, you just sign the bottom and all they do, they ask for one thing and they just ask uh, what your weight is. And I didn't know what my weight is. Like, I'm, I didn't know. So I, I hesitated for like a second and the guy looks me in the face and goes, be honest. <laughs> what? Like, this guy thought that I was gonna lie on a legal form. And I, I was. <laughs> he doesn't know me, he didn't know me, that's rude, that's rude. And it hurt, like, I know I'm more than 300 pounds, but I'm not like 400 pounds. But they need to know, like, the exact number. And like, I think if you need to know the exact number, you should have a scale. But, you know, like they do at the water parks. <laughs> Look at you skinny people. No idea there's a scale at the water slides. You have no idea, the life you must live. Like, just look for me and the other crowd of fatties, like at the bottom of the stairs. Just, mm. Did that guy get on the scale? I can't tell, I can't tell. Because if you go to the top and, oh, that is a walk of shame like you've never had before. It's like, I made it to the top. It's like, stand on the scale. It's like, oh, bah, 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 bah. I gotta walk past everybody. 